Thank you for joining us today. We hope God speaks to you. We hope dreams come alive and faith is ignited so you can impact the world and those around you for God's kingdom. Enjoy the message. I'm just going to give you a quick overview of last week. We were in Matthew chapter 10. And in Matthew chapter 10, uh, Jesus tells his disciples, it says this in Matthew chapter 10, it says, and Jesus called his disciples to himself and he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. And then when you get down to the end of the verse, um, in verse six, seven and eight, Jesus says this, he says, um, I'm giving you power over unclean things, and I'm also giving you power to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, freely you have received, freely give. And last week, what we decided to do, and you're going to find it on your message notes, we, we use a SOAP method here at our church to help us grow in our relationship with God. It's an acronym, which means we focus on one scripture, we observe what God wants to say, we take that out and we apply it to our life, and then we seal it all in prayer. And we pulled out a couple of observations from last week's message that I'm just going to highlight for you this week so that we can all be on the same page as we move into the, uh, week two of this series. And we, we observed several things. And the first one was found in verse one, where Jesus, the Bible says, called his disciples to himself. And we said this, we said that Jesus is consistently calling us to himself. He is consistently calling us to himself. We leaned into some verses. Paul said that he's called us to liberty. He's called us to his eternal glory. He's called us to freedom. And he's called us, the, literally, the Bible says, beforehand. And so he's constantly calling us in so many different areas, in so many different ways. And the Bible says he called his disciples to himself. A disciple is one who has chosen to take a one-step approach to becoming a full, devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And so we pulled out the fact that when you and I give of all of ourselves, Jesus is extremely generous with his power and his influence. When you commit your life to Jesus and you say, I'm all in, Jesus is extremely generous with his power and his influence because he calls his disciples to himself. And then he says, now I give you power. The context is, is in Matthew chapter nine, because Jesus had been doing so many miracles, signs and wonders, he couldn't get to everybody. And he was moved, moved with compassion. And he says, the movement will move a lot quicker if I empower you. And so he gives them his power and his influence. But then we said this because we observed this, that the power and the influence that Jesus gives us can't be used for selfish ambition. It's used for the mission. And so I can have the gifts of the spirit and I can try to apply them just for me. But really, it's to edify the church. It's to see the movement of Jesus grow. You and I just get the benefit. And so we pulled those out and then there were some applicable things that we said. We said that last week that we're going to be on mission together. And we defined together as a mobilized tribe aligned and unified through a poured out God vision and heart for the sole mission. Somebody say mission of God's kingdom influence and action. So this summer we're on mission together to be aligned for what God wants to do. We want God's poured out vision to be clear and we want to move that vision with influence and action. But it requires us to do it together. And we identified five places because Jesus told him this. He says, now go do everything that I just told you, not outside of your community. He says, do it to the lost sheep of Israel, to your place of influence. Focus there first. Sometimes I'm guilty of looking outside when God's like, I want you to start your ministry inside. That's the reason why I gave you Taisha, David and Noah. Minister to them first and then you minister on the assignment that I gave you. 
So there's a sphere of influence that God has placed all of us that this summer, you and all, you and I have an opportunity to be on mission. And here's the things that we identified. Our places of influence as a church and yours is our families, this generation, our kids, our youth, our students, our community, our church, and we're actually going to Cuba. I shared that Cuba is not in the United States, but for some reason ago, four years ago, God gave us an opportunity to have influence in Cuba. And that's the reason why we're going now. And here are our five action steps, and then we're going to talk about week number two. Our five action steps are this. We're going to be on mission together through our worship, our warfare, which is prayer and fasting and seeking God, our work, which is rolling up our sleeves and just going, our generosity, and our winning. Because in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus repeats what he told them in Matthew chapter 10, is this time he had just died, rose again, and he changes it. He says, go into all the world. Preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Freely I've given to you. I'm going to give it back to you now. But he says, all authority that's been given to me, I'm giving to you. And then he says, and don't just start where you are. Take it to all the world. And then he says, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. And he finishes by saying, amen. Amen means so be it. You have my guarantee that if you go, you win. (laughs) So this morning, as we head into week number two, here's our mission. Our mission for week number two is together, aligned, together, aligned, we want to challenge and teach the next generation. And I've asked to team teach with me today our children's director, Rebecca Inager. Come on, Becca. I asked her to team teach, and this is what I said. I said, Becca, do you need me? to be on the platform? And she said, Pastor D, I would love for you to be on the platform, but I don't need you to be. I'm ready. So can we celebrate Rebecca as she gets ready for the word today? I I asked Becca, I asked Becca to team teach with me because I want you to know that your kids are not being babysat. Your students are not being babysat. They are receiving the same rich word of God that we feel like the Lord has empowered our church to give. And there are so many voices in our house. And and our vision is we exist to build dreams, ignite faith, establish leaders that win the loss for the kingdom of Christ. And so I want us to lean in today. You're not getting a a kid's church message. You're You're getting a message that's on mission because this is our sphere of influence. So can we pray? Father, I thank you for this morning. I pray that as we are coming around your word, I pray that what you put on the inside of Becca this morning comes out with clarity, precision, and power. And that something stirred up on the inside of us to be on mission as we challenge and teach this next generation. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Proud of you. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Hi, guys. What's up? Where are my city kids at? Y'all make some noise. Hey, guys. I'm really excited that they get to be in here today. Um, so like Pastor Damon said, I am Becca. Um, I'm the children's director along with my husband. We, he does youth, and we get to lead the generations. And it's honestly the biggest joy of my life, and I just love it. And I'm super excited to share that joy with you guys today. Um, just to preface this, I may read my notes a lot because I want to make sure that I get what the Holy Spirit has downloaded. 
correctly. <laughs> so if y'all don't see me like walking around, that is why. Um, so I want to share a story with you guys to start. Um, I have been involved in Generations since I graduated college. I'm not going to say how many years ago that was. Um, so <laughs> I had this amazing group of eighth grade girls, and they were the loves of my life. And one day I was hanging out in the lobby outside of our youth room, and I heard this eighth grade girl talking to a sixth grader. And she said what I said in group verbatim the exact words that I said, and I was like, oh my goodness. She took what I said and memorized it. How long will she remember it? Who else is she gonna tell it to? How many times is she gonna repeat what I said? And that's when like, I first felt the tug of how important it is to teach our next generations, the generations behind us, because they're listening at all times. Um, I just, I just, I just have such a tug, and I'm so, I'm so excited to be here today. So while I was prepping, I was listening to the sermon by T.D. Jakes, and I'm going to tell you all what he said, because it got me. He said, get ready for today, because I want you to get into your mind that it's not about you. It's not just about how you feel or your circumstances. You are serving a God who thinks generationally. If you are not thinking just generationally, you cannot really hear what God has for you. And y'all, I teach our generation's ministry, and that got me. Like, if you're not thinking about the people coming after you, you can't hear God correctly? Like, what? <laughs> if you're thinking selfishly and just about you and just in your bubble, you can't hear God speak clearly. And then you follow that up with your, your children are what you encourage them to be. And then I thought a step further about the people we interact with are what we encourage them to be. The, the barista you get your Starbucks from every day, you encourage her to have what kind of day she's going to have. When that person cuts you off in traffic, how you respond is going to encourage what kind of day they're going to have, encourage what they're going to be. That stranger who smiles at you at Publix if you just keep walking, don't smile, no one's here, I need to get to my eggs. Um, <laughs> if you smile back, you could be changing their whole day. You don't even know. They are you are encouraging them to be what they can be. The Bible is full of commands to teach the next generation, more specifically to tell them. And if you guys will turn in your Bibles to Psalm 78, 1 through 4. It says, my people hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide from their descendants. It's the best part. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done. When we speak, the next generation is listening. So what are we telling them? Are they hearing the voice of the world or are they hearing the voice of God through the people that go before them? I don't know if uh, any of you guys know this, especially you guys with parents, but your children and your students are tiny parrots. Um, they imitate what you hear and I crack up. I'm also a teacher, I've been a teacher for 11 years now. 
And um, I crack up when the kids come into me and they're like, ooh, guess what my mama said, or my daddy did this. <laughs> or my favorite is, hey, we don't say that at school. And they're like, well, my mommy said I could say it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't argue with that. Um, your kids' teachers know about who you are based on your children, which is mind-blowing because they say a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> And it's not just kids. People are constantly imitating each other. I mean, it'd be super cool if we could just, you know, come out knowing what to do and right from wrong and how to do things correctly. But we usually learn these things from our parents, a mentor, our husbands and wives, friends, or social media. And the generations that come after us are no different. And I'm going to be as bold as to say they have it even harder than we do because they have these. I, I didn't grow up with a phone. I didn't grow up with Facebook and Instagram right in my face. They are constantly comparing themselves because of this, just at their fingertips. So that brings me to my first point, which is that we have to get there first. Kids through, through teens, I'm going to open this real quick. Kids... Kids, <laughs> teenagers are just like Play-Doh. They are purely themselves, but they are molded by their environment. They are what people around them mold them to be. So I have this piece of Play-Doh. I love Play-Doh. So we have this tiny baby piece, and it stands up pretty well. But the more we add to it, the goodness, and love and <laughs> the word of God and generosity and kindness. The taller it gets and the stronger it gets. But when we take negativity and anger and frustrations out on our kids, what happens? It's crushed. It's, it's in pieces. It's sad. It doesn't know the word of God. Your children are just like this. They're just like this Play-Doh. And just like the Bible says in Isaiah 64, 8, but now, O Lord, you are our father, and we are the clay, or the Play-Doh. <laughs> you are our potter, and we are the work of your hand. Just like how I, I sculpted this Play-Doh, or how God sculpts us and uses us according to his will, we will also be the ones to sculpt the next generation, our students, our teenagers, even people who are new to, our, to their faith, like people who have just accepted the Lord, how you act as followers of Christ. They're watching you. I don't know about y'all, but when I was a new Christian, I didn't know what to do. So I would look to my mentors, my parents, my pastors. People are watching you. I know, I know. <laughs> We don't just have to get there first with our next generation, but we have to get there first with anyone that we connect with. Are we molding people to fall in love with the Lord and help win them for the lost, or are we molding them to be of the world? Imagine if someone, especially a child or a teenager, hears the word of God first, that God loves them and they were made of his, in his image instead of seeing a heavily edited picture in a magazine and being crushed that they don't, I don't look like that, or I don't have this. Um, or are we 
molding them that the joy comes from the Lord and not from your selfish, you do you, boo-boo, I don't care who I hurt, it makes me happy attitude. So now to preface this next story, I love my mama. She's one of my best friends in the whole world. I love her, adore her. But I grew up watching her constantly complain about how she looks or talking about how much she weighs or how terrible she felt um, eating fast food, which was only allowed in my house once a month. I know, Chick-fil-A once a month? I couldn't, I couldn't do it now. Um, but instead of her longing for what she thought she could look like, according to the media, what would have happened if I had seen her see herself as a woman of God? She was all, like, what would, what would I have thought if she had always been telling herself that she's fearfully and wonderfully made and not constantly comparing herself to what she should look like? We're all influenced by outside sources, and we all have our uh, spheres of influence. I mean, I got my hair cut, like, two weeks ago because of a picture I saw on Pinterest. I know. <laughs> we all get our styles from our cultures or because, ooh, I like your dress, girl. Where'd you get that? I had someone this morning say, hey, I like your shoes. Where'd you get those? <laughs> um, we all have our own spheres of influences, and we watch people, and that's how we learn what we like. Yeah. Or if we could get to people first by making sure they know God loves them, and he died for us, and we don't have to earn his love, then think of how much we can change the next generation. They, they won't think just about themselves, but they'll think about their relationship of God first. If we can be on mission together and equip the people around us with the word of God and the covering of the Holy Spirit, we can give God's love an opportunity to shine brighter than any influence in the world. So I'll put it like this. How many of you guys like to people watch? I love, yeah, I love people watching. Um, on mine and Jacob's first date, he took me to this restaurant. And we sat at this table, like, in the front, and it's got windows all around it. And he made sure that we got that table, which I thought was sweet, and that I could sit and just people watch out. Because it's, it's it, yeah, it's so fun. I'm like, ooh, I like her shirt. Ooh, I like her haircut. See? Sphere of influence. Um, so... Imagine if you were standing outside that window living your life and people were sitting at that table watching you. What, what would they think? What would they say about you? They, they're, this next generation is watching us constantly. Even if you guys don't have children in your homes. I mean, example, right now, your kids are back there. Hey, guys watching you guys take your notes and read your Bible and pull out your Bible and all that kind of stuff, they're watching you guys. Um, our teens and students, especially our children, are watching our every move, and it doesn't matter how old you are, you are responsible, as we read in Psalms, to tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he's done. So as a leader, um, our awesome pastors have created this sort of class for us um, called Lead Well. And they don't just like say, hey, I want you to do this and then throw us into the wild because that would be terrifying. No, they're awesome. And they use this time to cover us in prayer and teach us about um, the heart of City Place. And 
one of the first examples we talk about is the example of the oil on Aaron's beard. And we can read about this in Psalms 133, 1 through 2. It says, How good and pleasant is it when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, down Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. So our pastors use this as an example of how important it is to be unified and have the heart of the church and how the act of pouring out into the people we're leading works. But I was reading this verse again recently, and I thought, wow, this can also be used generationally. For example, people, pastors, mentors poured into pastors. Pastors have poured into Jacob and I. Jacob and I are pouring into your students and your kids. And my favorite part is that your kids, your students, your teens are pouring into our kids. And it just, it just makes my heart so happy. I could just talk for thousands of minutes just about how happy that makes me. <laughs> um, my favorite example of this is our middle schoolers, who are in vibes right now, get to come into Kids Church once a month as our hype squad. So they come in and they start dancing. They wear like these cool light up glasses and they get our kids super hype and super excited to worship God. So they're sharing their passion with the generation under them. And it's so cool to watch because they're just, the little kids are just staring at them. They're like, oh my gosh, they are so cool. I want to be like them. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. You want to be like them. You want to get excited to worship God. And the best part is that they're also showing them kindness. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but our teenagers love our littles. And they'll, like, hold their hands and walk around with them, just showing them love and kindness and just how to be a child of God. I tell our kids and teens all the time, this is my favorite saying, is just because you're little doesn't mean your faith has to be. Just because they're small doesn't mean they don't know how to worship God. I mean, if you guys look at our last few baptisms, like not, not to hype up my kids or anything, but our kids and our students have been getting baptized all over the place. We get the responsibility of teaching our younger generation. We get the responsibility of teaching them the love of God. And, after, and they get to teach after them and so on and so forth. And this is just such an incredible opportunity. Um, my favorite example of this is two of my littles in my toddler room, Josiah and Trislin. They both have awesome parents that serve on our dream team, and they, their parents serve quite often. Um, so before service starts, we have this awesome thing where um, one of our dream team members gives a challenge, we get to worship, and it's just kind of like us getting ready for um, service and making sure our hearts are in the right spot. And my, I just, I just love this. I'm going to try not to cry. Um, I have seen both of these students just standing there with their hands lifted, their eyes closed and looking up, and they're both in the toddler room. They're both so young. They might not comprehend completely what's going on, but they know how to worship God because of the people that they're watching. By following the example of the generation ahead of them. I don't know about y'all, but that, that gets me every time. <laughs> um, they can't read the Bible themselves. They can't drive themselves to their own small group. 
but by the examples of their parents and our awesome kids team, um, they know how to experience God. And it's, and it's just so beautiful. <laughs> um, you guys know the saying, do as I say, not as I do. I mean, everyone, all of, I mean, my parents said that to me constantly. Um, well, what would it look like if we told our kids to do as we say and as we do? And that's not, that's not just a challenge for you guys with kids at home, because I know I've been talking about our kiddos a lot. That's, that's a challenge for all of us. How would you act if someone was watching you that close? So Jacob and I love to scroll Instagram before we go to sleep at night. We just get all snuggly, and then we just scroll through funny dog videos, is what it mostly is. <laughs> but um, on Monday, we watched this video of this dad, and he was saying how he makes it a point to have his Bible time at breakfast while his kids are eating with him. And he said, like, that's always, before I had kids, that was what I wanted to do, so they saw me reading my Bible. Um, but he always did it on his phone. So his kids don't know if he's reading his Bible or he, if he's just listening to worship music while scrolling TikTok. And he said he, like, stopped in the video, and he was like, they don't know what I'm doing. So he said he started pulling out his paper Bible, and he noticed his children on their own start pulling out their paper Bibles, their picture Bibles and looking at the stories and the pictures. And they watched the person that they spent the most time with. They watched what he was doing, and they copied him. And that reminds me of this verse in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 through 2, where Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to traditions just as I have passed them on to you. And this is why at City Place, we don't just challenge you guys to bring your Bibles and take notes and all that kind of stuff, but we challenge your kiddos too. Do you guys have your notes today? And a marker? Let me see them. Let me see them. Put them up in the air. Put them up in the air, guys. That's all right. Look at y'all. Look at (laughs) y'all. Good job, guys. See, they're taking notes. They're taking notes. And But what do you think it would look like if you guys did the same thing at home? If you pulled out your notebooks and started writing down things as you were reading your Bible. Now, mostly, I'll say when when we're doing our message, they're always writing stuff down. But even our littles will take pictures or draw pictures of what they're learning about, which I think is super cool. And they get these, our little coins, for uh, taking notes or if I see someone who's being kind or helpful or getting super excited about worship and answering questions. And we love having fun and getting excited to learn about God. And some of us could be even looking at the next generation of, like, this church's leaders. Isn't that crazy? That's mind-blowing to me. Um, in Matthew 18, 2 through 4, it says, He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. This is Jesus. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in heaven. When we have the passion that children just genuinely and naturally produce about God, that's when we have reached true worship, and that's when God is pleased. 
obviously not everyone has the same passion for kids as I do. I was talking to my friend Amber last week and I was like, I'm 90% sure that I spend like most of my week talking to children. I mean, Monday through Friday and Sunday, I'm talking to kids way more than I'm talking to grownups. <laughs> um, but part of my challenge to you guys as a church is to check where your hearts are at. Check your actions. Even if you guys don't have littles or teens in your home, I want you guys to take some time to check your heart space when it comes to the generations under you. Ask yourself, am I on mission for my next generation? What would it look like if I modeled what being on mission looks like in my worship, prayer, generosity, work, and winning like Pastor Damon preached last week? They may say things differently. They have all these like weird TikTok dances. They do things in a different way but their God is the same as ours. They are still loved immensely by the God of the universe, and we get to be the ones to share that with them. We're on mission together, and what if that started now? So if you guys are ready to be on mission together for the next generation, I'm going to ask you guys to do something kind of bold. I would love for you guys to stand up if you're ready to take that on. If you're ready to pour into the people who are going to share the message of Jesus after us. I promise I'm not up here to ask you guys to like serving kids and serve in vibes. I mean, if the Lord is moving in your life and that is what you choose, you come see me. <laughs> but I had, to share, I had to share my heart because if they don't see us living out the love of God, they're going to see the world. They're going to look for it for somewhere else. They are our mission field just as everyone that's going to Cuba, just as they're stepping onto a mission field, we step onto a mission field as soon as we walk out those doors. So in a minute, I'm going to ask you guys to join me in prayer. And then after that, the worship team is going to sing a song with us. And while we're singing, I want you guys to really listen to these words. Listen to what God is telling you. And as Pastor Damon likes to say, I want you guys to really lean in level 10 to this moment. So you guys pray with me. Dear God, I thank you for every heart in this building today, Lord. I thank you for the passion of this church for the next generation. These kids are longing for something, and God, I pray that we can get to them first. They are our mission field, Lord. I pray that we can show them the love of you and just the passion that you, they can have for you, even though they're small. They're small but mighty, Lord God, and I just thank you for their passion. Lord, I want to pray number 6, 22 through 27 over the church right now. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. God, I pray that over us right now as a church and for all of the generations to come after us. Lord, I just pray that you bless us, you keep us safe, and that you just show us what an example we can be to the people coming up. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay connected by subscribing to the City Place Church podcast following us on Instagram, checking us out on Facebook, or by visiting our website, www.citypleachurch.com.
www.cityplacechurch.com. Mm-hmm.